Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Bible, open it to Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verses... 7 through 9. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do you guys drink an insanely amount of water? Like, insanely amount? Insane amount. That's the proper word. Everyone always makes fun of me because I think this is like my sixth bottle of water this morning. But my mouth gets dry. You guys expect me to talk to you for a while. What? What's small? The bottle of water is small compared to me. Yes, I get it. I'm fat. Sorry. Galatians 6. Got that Bible cam? Galatians 6. 7 and 9 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will, will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. <coughs> we will reap a harvest. The question is, what is it that you're sowing? See, here's the deal. The majority of us in here this morning have this, it's not that we have Christianity figured out by any means, but we have a pretty good idea that Jesus loves us. We have a pretty good idea that there is this endless love for us and that we may, we will never see the depths of, but we know that it's endless and we continue to be in relationship with God. We know that this grace that, that we've talked about already this morning is, is this endless grace that's given to us freely. We have a good idea. And, and if there is anybody in here this morning that, that doesn't know that God loves them, I need you to understand that that. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love, who is God, keeps no record of being wronged. I don't know what it is that you've done in your life. I don't care what it is that you've done in your life. God looks at you and says, I keep no record of it. Because when, when, he, when we are in him, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, the old is gone and the new is here. He's not worried about what it is that you've done because you are in him. So you are a new creation. Ephesians 3 says that we are his masterpiece. And you need to understand in Genesis 1.27, we're made in his likeness and in his image. If we are his likeness in his image and we are a masterpiece, you have to understand that you are not trash, no matter what it is that anybody says. That no matter where it is that you go or what it is that you do, Jesus loves you. He is for you and he is not against you. That he looks at us as the head and not the tail, above and not below. That we are blessed going in and we are blessed going out. And that every single one of us in here this morning has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God only to be given grace continually. So if you do not know that Jesus, that is the Jesus that we're talking about this morning. See, the majority of us have an idea that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are working in our lives to reveal who, how great this life should be. 
John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life, being Jesus, and life to the fullest. God is not interested in putting his thumb on you and not enjoying what it is that he's created. God wants you to live a life to the fullest. The majority of us, a lot of us in here this morning know that. So what is the point of us coming to church? Outside of the fact that we praise him, we give him glory and honor for what it is that he's already done in our lives and what we know he will do, we're also here to learn how to apply the Bible. I don't know about you, but the Bible can be confusing at times. I don't know about you, but not always do I understand what's going on. We're, to, we're here to understand how Jesus is working in our lives, how to become a better Christian, not in a legalistic, fundamental sort of way, but in a love like Jesus sort of way. If you are not asking yourself that question, the question of how do I become a better Christian, I suggest that you start because God wants to reveal some things to you. You don't have this figured out, I promise. The last couple of weeks, pastor's been talking about breakthroughs. I need you to understand that breakthrough is not something that happens coincidentally. Breakthrough happens intentionally. What do I mean by that? God doesn't just randomly on a Tuesday at 3 o'clock give some sort of breakthrough because he's having a good day. Breakthrough happens intentionally. Intentionally praying, intentionally being in relationship, intentionally being in the word, intentionally being a part of the body of Christ. Intentionality is everything we do as a Christian. Breakthrough happens intentionally. Hampton is in here, so I'll use Hezekiah. Perfect. Hampton's to the age. Sorry, bud. I love you. Hampton's to the age where he's like, nah, I don't really want you talking about me in church. And when he's in church, I make sure to not to, except right now. So I'll use Hezekiah as this example, which is actually still very much works. Hezekiah wants to play professional sports. Yeah. He actually would like to play in the NBA, the MLB, and he would like to farm on the side. <laughs> to which, if he could figure out how to make one of those work, I will just cash that check. Come on. <laughs> Outside of the farming, I guess. If he could learn how to throw 90 miles an hour, that'd be great from the left side. Anyhow, yeah. Hezekiah doesn't understand yet. He's nine. What it means to be intentional. He thinks as he grows up, this is a decision that he gets to make, like making a life decision like I want to become a financial advisor or he doesn't understand quite yet that this takes hours and days and weeks and months and years. We have the Olympics going on right now. They don't just decide one day that they're going to be an Olympian. There are moments that of, of intentionality. There's a lifetime of intentionality, and they break through moment after moment after moment. I realize this, and you'll have to bear with me because I, I, I talk a lot about baseball and hunting and things along those lines. And so if you don't, if you don't get that, well, we'll talk about it here in a second. I, I'll never forget going from high school to, to college to play baseball. Like There's a, there's a, a, a breakthrough that... God had given me gifts and talents to be able to throw a ball that got me to the next level, but it wasn't that I woke up 
on May 24th of 2003 and graduating high school that I decided I was going to go play college baseball. I worked for it. I worked hard for it, probably a little too hard and didn't pay attention to some other things like Jesus. Spanky, you know know what I'm talking about in wrestling. You work hard for everything that you do. Now, the difference between life and baseball is that baseball is just a game. That was a hard lesson for me to learn at one point in time in my life. But it's just a game. It stays there. But there are... uh, Do you believe that Jesus speaks to you every day? Yes. If you don't, he does. Okay? Earlier this week, this is a rabbit trail, I apologize. Earlier this week, I got some cows. I love cows. If you don't like cows, you're not spending any time with cows. You should spend some time with cows. They teach you so many things in life. It was a cold week this week. I don't know if you noticed. We got some snow. And cold and snow means chores, which is fine. I love chores. I actually very much do. It's fun to go out and take care of cows you get all bundled up in the coveralls and you got your muck boots on and it's, you got your hot coffee. Like, it's fantastic. You go out and break some ice and you talk to some cows. I realize you probably think I'm crazy. I'm not. I got a point. And God speaks to us every single day. And I'm standing there and I was having a tough week. Ooh, let me cry again. I was having a tough week. I was going through some things. Um, I, I just, just struggling. I don't know if you know, but I'm, I'm a human too and, and we all have our struggles, right? And so I was going through and, and I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this cow who is, um, we, we raise black Angus cows. It's called the business breed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at this black cow who is pregnant and is going to have a, a baby here in a couple of months. Now I'm not a female. I don't know if you noticed that, but, but I've had, I've been a part of having four kids. Got to be careful on how I say that. <laughs> For so many different reasons, actually, now that I think about it. We got four boys. My body didn't change. I'm well aware that hers did. And so I'm looking at this cow. Not that you're a cow. Ah, I'm, I'm digging a... <laughs> Is it lunchtime yet? I got a point, I promise. So I was out there looking at this cow, got done feeding it. She's standing there looking at me, like from me to, because I got nice cows that don't kill me, from me to the podium here, and she's looking at me. I'll take a picture, because I got the social media and everything, and I need you to know that I got cows, apparently. And God speaks to me instantaneously. It's like, hey, so I made this cow to weather a storm, just like I made you to weather a storm. And that just like that cow has the strength to get through whatever valley of the shadow of death she's in, you too, because I will never leave and I will never forsake you. There was a point to that story. And I can't remember what it was. I legitimately have no idea. Sorry. God speaks to us 
through, and God speaks to me through baseball. I'm sorry. If you don't like baseball, um, I'll pray for you. It's God's sport. Um, and so everything, like, whether it's cows or baseball, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's basketball. Maybe it's art. Maybe um, it's, um, or Heather used to be into the, uh, the, like, the scrapbooking. She's not anymore, thank God. It's our house. You can spend hours and never accomplish anything scrapbooking. Have you ever noticed that? I'm happy for you guys. If it's what you want to do, that's fantastic. But you, you get done, like, hey, where's the book? She's like, I only got through a page. All right. You've been doing it for like eight hours. I don't know how God speaks to you. What I do know is that it's important for you to understand that he does. I was writing this, this sermon. I'm going to tell you a story that probably means nothing to you if you've never played baseball before, but I get to college and I've, I've, I've had this breakthrough, right? And you're playing at a college level and I'm 18 years old, so I think I'm high and mighty. Um, but I, I can't throw a changeup. And if you don't know what a changeup is, a changeup is an off-speed pitch to come out of your hand to look like a fastball to make people like Curtis look like an idiot when he swings. I say Curtis not because he is an idiot, but because he was a position player and I was a pitcher and my job was to make him swing and look like an idiot. But I couldn't throw this ball. And, and so my, my coach came to me and said, hey, every time you play catch for the next couple of months, I need you to throw, I need you to play catch throwing a changeup. And it's, it's difficult to explain, but it's kind of a hard pitch to throw depending on how you hold the ball. And so he said, no matter what, if you're playing catch, um, just, you know, from me to you, if you're playing long toss, long toss is, it's in the name, you toss it long, no matter what you do, I want you to throw a changeup. He said, I need you by the spring to be able to throw a changeup, which ended up being, for me, one of the better pitches that I threw, and I get to the spring, and it's there. Now, you may say, that's a dumb story, you're, you're fitting things in, that, but it is the sense of a breakthrough. We go through seasons of our lives where we have breakthroughs. And I feel like God is saying, listen to me, if you would pay attention, how about the raise that you so wanted in your job? And you worked your butt off to get that raise in your job. There's a breakthrough there. But there's also a lesson from the Holy Spirit that says, wait a second, if you apply that to your faith, there's breakthrough in your faith. What are you sowing into this morning? Hezekiah will learn as he grows older that it's going to be really, really, really hard to play professional sports. But if he learns anything in that, it's that he's got to work for it. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't love you in the midst of you, not, or God, God doesn't love you when you don't work for it. Don't, don't put words into my mouth. God loves you. You've heard me say that. God is for you. He is not against you. God is always with you. But with intentionality, you will see how he speaks to you in a different way. Your perspective changes. Years ago, we, uh, a couple of us had this, this word, the perspective. See, you see this room a lot different than I see this room. Why? Well, because you're sitting facing that wall and I'm looking at this wall. But when you change your perspective, it is the definition of repentance. When you repent, you go from here to here. Intentionality does that. 
you sit and think of different stories in the Bible of what looks like breakthrough and what doesn't look like breakthrough. You know what doesn't look like breakthrough? The Israelites. Because they had a breakthrough. They parted the Red Sea. Like, that's kind of a big deal, right? I don't know about you, but I ain't seen any large bodies of water being parted by the Holy Spirit, right? You would think that that would be an aha moment, and yet they walked in the desert for 40 years, erecting idols because God wasn't working in their lives the way they thought he thought they thought he should work. What about King Saul, right? Like, the people's choice. I could get off on a tangent there, but I won't. What about the rich young ruler? You know, we read this Bible and we sit and think, man, if I was ever to be able to face Jesus, God, I'd love to be able to see Jesus. The rich young ruler said, hey, man, I've done everything the law tells me to do. What else is there? And Jesus looks at him and said, hey, I just want you to sell everything and come walk with me. And the Bible says he walks away from Jesus. That is a, you hit the lid and you are about to break through and you just decided not to. A couple of stories that look like breakthrough. David. David has an interesting life. And if you ever read the entire book of Psalms, of which you should, you see a pendulum of a life, the highs and the lows. But he never departed from God. I don't know. I don't know why this story always comes up in my mind. I, I, I've actually prayed about it the last couple of couple of days because it's like I, I always think of the story. But what about the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a mean person. He was a cheat and a liar, and he was short. I don't know what that has anything to do with anything. But maybe tall people. Never mind. Um, but Zacchaeus, no one liked him. Jesus meets Zacchaeus and says, hey, I'm coming to your house. And we're going to eat some food. We have no idea how long he stayed. No idea at all. What we do know is that when Jesus left, Zacchaeus was a changed man. He had a breakthrough. Have you ever heard of the, the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel? Hannah is a very, very powerful story of a person who, who got before the Lord whenever she could because she wanted to have a child and her womb was closed, the Bible says. She, she desired to have a baby so bad she would go before the Lord and cry out to him. She said, and one day she was before the God and said, Lord, if you would grant me a child, I'll dedicate him to you. She had a child and her name was, his name was Samuel. There are stories in this book that you have the ability to see breakthrough. There are stories in our lives of family members or close friends where you have seen breakthrough. Don't take that break, breakthrough, whether that's just in a job or a, you know, oh man, they, they, they finally figured it out. Wait a second. What is God saying in that moment? Where is it that you're sowing your time? Where is it that you're sowing into people's lives? It's interesting, when you, when you read that scripture in Galatians, the, the end of it says, let us not be weary in doing good. Like, if you've ever grabbed a sympathy card, like, or, or you, you, you've heard that, that, that statement before, just, just keep on keeping on, right? Just, just 
don't become weary. You can get through this. You can get on the other side. And the interesting thing is that Paul is not talking really about getting through a tough time in this. He's talking about what it means to fight your flesh. He gives us a key insight into the mechanism of, uh, that we are either enslaved to our flesh or we are freed by the Holy Spirit. What am I saying? I'm saying it matters how you live your life this side of eternity. It matters what it is that you're sowing into. Outside of the Bible, this, this man reaps what he sows is, is, is referred to as the law of returns. And I'm going to say a couple of things, and you've probably heard them. You've probably said them yourself. The law of return says what goes around comes around. Anybody ever said that? 100%, right? You get what you pay for. You get back what you put in, no pain, no gain, garbage in, garbage out. It's crazy because Jesus himself taught the same. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Do you guys remember that? Press down, shaking together, running over. I don't know. Do you remember the name of that song? Ron Cannoli. Does anybody in here know who Ron Cannoli is? Yeah. I don't like his pastry. You ever had a cannoli? They're not good. Is that kind of like a dad joke right there? Yeah. <laughs> I did it intentionally. What about Matthew 7, 2? With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The, the statement, the, the scripture, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows, isn't a command, it's a statement about reality. Trying to cheat the law of return is like trying to defy gravity. You can't do it. And likewise, like I said a little while ago, <clears throat> what seed is it that you're planting in your heart? There is soil that you're planting it in, and you will cultivate. Whether it is a seed of flesh or a seed to the spirit, you will cultivate it, and it will yield a harvest. The question is, is it deformed or does it bear fruit? And we're called to plant seeds in our own heart and plant seeds in people's lives that would bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. What are you sowing today? What relationships are you sowing into? What are you withholding from people that the Holy Spirit has convicted you about? In order to see breakthrough, we must intentionally seek God. But God's response to us in that is to live a certain way. So one of the reasons we have Jesus, yes, he died on the cross for us that we may be saved and we will spend eternity in heaven with him. But he also showed us how to walk. He also showed us how to live our lives amongst each other. And it sounds pretty to pray. I, I kind of said this earlier, like, that, have you ever prayed that prayer? Um, Jesus, I just, I, I want to be the hands and feet of you. It's, it's really pretty. God, I just... I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, please. Can I? But we forget that hands and feet have a job. We forget that when we pray things like that, Jesus is going to ask us to then do something. And Jesus always asks us to take care of other people. Who is it that you're sowing into? 1 Corinthians 10 
um, 23 and 24, and then 31 and 33. I'll get to 31 and 33 here in a second. But 20, verse 23 says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Now, you and I hear neighbor, and we think of, like, this is your neighbor, right? Is that your neighbor? Yeah, she's your neighbor. She's sitting by you. That's, that's your neighbor. We're on the same page? Yeah? Cool. Like, that's how, when we hear neighbor, we think of, I, I, I live next door to someone, Right? Paul's not talking about that actually in this scripture. Paul's talking about the stranger. Paul's talking about the person that doesn't look like you, the person that doesn't talk like you, the person that you would not spend time with. That is who Paul is talking about in this scripture. Paul is saying, put everybody who doesn't look like you before your own. And we say, no, I don't want to do that. We do, right? I mean, if we're, if we're real transparent, everybody, including the, the preacher who's standing before you, we all struggle with this at certain times, right? Like, I, 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 I'll talk to Curtis, because Curtis and I got a lot in common, right? Curtis and I, Curtis and I are friends, so yeah, man, I, I can put Curtis before me. I can put Sherry before me. She's like an aunt to me. I love her to death. But that guy who doesn't look like me... The guy who likes football instead of baseball? I don't know. Yeah, Paul talks to us and says, no, 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 you need to understand. Your neighbor, the stranger, the guy who doesn't speak the same language, the guy who's got different colored skin, the guy who voted for that party instead of my party, the guy who, fill in the blank, that's the guy that you put in front of yourself. Verse 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or the Greeks. Why is this important? Jews or Greeks, he again is pointing out, does not matter who they are. Put them ahead of you. To the Jews or the Greeks, just as I try and please everything and every, just, just, just be, or, ah, sorry. As I try to please everyone in everything that I do. See, it's interesting when you read that scripture because, like, we're always talking about how, well, don't just, don't just be a people pleaser. And yet Paul's like, no, 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 no. everyone in everything I do, I'm, I'm just trying to please them. Why? Because it brings glory to God. Not seeking my own advantage, but that many that they may be saved. Listen, I'll be 100% honest with you and probably a little cold-hearted. If you're only here to get something out of this, you're here for the wrong reasons. God does not come into our lives to save us so that we would be just saved. God comes into our lives to say, listen, there are people that you'll come across, saved and unsaved, that need to be resaved or saved for the first time. Can I get an amen? There are people that you will come in contact with that, that they may know Jesus, but they are hopeless for whatever reason. It's interesting. You, when you hear the word isolation, you think like being alone. And yet, have you ever felt isolated amongst people? Have you ever felt like the enemy has, you, you could be in the midst of a group of people and the enemy has isolated you? Sometimes we got to be the brother or the sister that looks at you and say, hey, I know you feel isolated, but you're not. Jesus loves you. Amen. 
allow him to break down that wall. Allow him to tear down those chains. Let, let, me, let me help you see a different perspective for a second. Paul says, you need to put your neighbor. And here's the deal, guys. At the end of the day, I'm way more interested in, in, in what it is that we're sowing together than what it is that I'm getting out of this. I've already said it a couple of times. Our faith is based off of obedience and sacrifice, not blessing and whatever else I can, I can uh, uh, accumulate. Does God bless you? 100%. There's no question. It's just not what we need to be focused on. You want breakthrough? There's, you want breakthrough in your life? Go serve someone else. You, you, you guys want to see breakthrough in this community, in this congregation right here? Drop everything it is that you need and go give it to someone else. This is what Paul is saying. Listen, there are things in my life that I, I, I wish God would, would figure out as well. And he will. But if I force a square peg through a round hole, I will call it the Holy Spirit and it'll just be me. Paul says, listen, there are people you'll come in contact with that you don't want to help. Those are the people that I'm asking. Those are your neighbors. Who is it that you're reaping into? Who, excuse me. Who is it that you're sowing into? What is it that you're sowing into? I realize. Well, Exodus 23, 9 says, you shall not oppress a stranger. You know the heart of a stranger. For you were a stranger in the land of Egypt. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I realize this is not the funnest message. Well, I don't know. I don't know how you're taking it. I don't really care. The last two years have been hard. If we're real honest, it's been more than two years, Right? But the last two years have been quite interesting. It is this fend for yourself mentality, right? We see this in the lack of toilet paper, right? It's, it's kind of funny to think about now, but I mean, when we were in it, like everyone was freaking out about toilet paper. We were. What about the meat shortages? Which if you're buying meat from the grocery store, I don't know what you're doing anyway. I'm just saying. You have these, these shortages, and it, it at times kind of brought out the worst of everybody, including us, Christians that are not of this world, but are in this world to make a difference. And all I'm saying is, I think God does want breakthrough in our lives. I think God does want breakthrough in our lives. But I think that it, that breakthrough will happen when we start desiring it so much that we've lost track on where else God is speaking to us. I think if we have the ability to come together as a community, a body of believers, and say, you know what, there are some things in my life, but God, first and foremost, I give you the glory because I know you've got it figured out, and I'm going to go serve someone else. I'm going to go serve the person who wouldn't typically look like me. I'm gonna go serve the person 
who doesn't speak like me. I'm going to go serve the unbeliever. Why? Because I'm called to love like Jesus. I realize my love is conditional. And on this side of eternity, it always will. But why, why is that okay to just be okay with? Why can't we be intentionally seeking God? That he may grow the love that we have on the inside of us. I read this book years ago. Heather and I did. Um, called Radical Forgiveness. Have you ever forgiven someone and you're like, well, I don't have no idea how, how I actually did that? If your answer is no. Well, so there was a season in our lives where um, we'd kind of hit that ceiling. And yet we felt like we were being called to forgive certain individuals in our lives that I didn't actually know how to do. I couldn't actually do by myself. We read this book called Radical Forgiveness, and it was like, oh my goodness, is that breakthrough to another level of his love and forgiveness, is another, another level of his mercy. And it's like, I didn't know I could do that. It's, it's slightly overwhelming because, oh my goodness, but it's also, you're standing in awe because... Oh my goodness, it, it was like your eyes opened. We have to be hospitable. His hospitality is not a suggestion of the faith, but it's what they did. Creating a space, we talk about this all the time in this church, to create a space and or environment where people have the ability to come in and experience the unconditional love of God. Isn't that what you want? Then we have to take it to people that don't sit here. Why? I'm not interested in butts in the seats. I'm interested in heart transformations. I don't care if they sit in this congregation. I want them to know Jesus because Jesus changes our lives. I want them, I want to be a person who cultivates an atmosphere where people realize you affirm me and love me. Why? I know this guy, his name's Jesus, and I know it's kind of weird, but like he really has changed my heart. Hebrews 13, 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. That would be crazy to be in contact with someone that you think they're minister, you're ministering to them and they end up ministering to you. It's kind of how the Holy Spirit works. 1 Peter 4.9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I don't know about you, some, uh, some of you guys in here, can I get an amen here in a second? You have people over and you're like, I don't really want to have people over tonight. You need a little, little grumble. Like, I don't really want to have people over. Like, people are coming over for my birthday here in a little while, and they're all my family members, and, eh, you know, I could do without. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I love you. You can come make my house a mess. Then I'll have to clean up. You're right, for my birthday. James 2, 1 through 13, it talks about showing no partiality. He talks about how a man comes in wearing a ring and fancy clothing and another man comes in who is poor 
and showing partiality to the man wearing the ring and the nice clothes and says to the poor man, you can stand over there, you can sit at my feet. And the scripture says, well, wait a second. But we know the poor will inherit the kingdom of God. The poor will be rich. There are people in your life that God will call you to speak into. The question is, are we paying attention to the spirit? Are we sowing into the spirit? Are we being intentional enough to know that the spirit is speaking? Or are we going to deny it and do whatever it is that we want to do? Hospitality is not optional for Christians. It's a necessary practice. It's a necessary practice for you and I. I want breakthrough. I just want to do it together. I don't want to be selfish anymore. I want to do this together. I want to be a community where people walk through that door and feel loved feel hope feel joy and I want to do it with you stand with me hey I hope the message truly inspired you today if it did do a couple things for me subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing the second thing is is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers. And that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.